0: You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Formerly Bulletproof, Bulletproof. Radio. A state of High Performance. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. This is a special Interventions with Dave issue where I sit down with a member of my mentorship and membership community called The Upgrade Collective. And we sit down and we work on understanding a specific set of circumstances and what to do about them for a specific person. And you may have heard some of these where we'll talk with someone who's working on, you know, autoimmunity or someone who's working on performing better or wants their brain to be better. And the reason I do these is because I want you to learn by listening how to think about hacking your own health. So you may not be like today's uh, uh, today's guests or today's intervention. His name is Sean Plotkin, uh, he's 44, and he's gonna talk about his priorities in biohacking, and we're gonna come up with a plan that accounts for what we know, including some lab data, including what works and what doesn't work, and then come up with the hypothesis about what other things could happen. By hearing a few of these, you actually download the skill yourself in order to do it. That's the goal here. And I have fun doing this. And it's one of the many benefits people get when they're members of the Upgrade Collective. They get to be live audience members uh, for my shows. So you get to ask questions, interact with guests, um, weekly calls with either me or coaching staff, and uh, just a whole community of people are really, really out there. We've got our own coaching app. It's, it's a big deal. And I'm putting a lot of my energy into the Upgrade Collective. So I'd love to see you there. Go to DaveAsprey.com or you can go to OurUpgradeCollective.com. Either one will get you there. Sean, welcome to an intervention. Uh, If you're new to this, uh, I'm going to teach you how to think about it. And this is systems biology and systems wellness, we'll call it, where you just can't look at one part of the body all by itself and assume it's not affecting everything else. In Western medicine, we'll typically say, "Okay, if you wanted to herd some sheep, you'd say, "Well, which sheep is the one that's at fault?" And the answer is it isn't a sheep. It's that you need to have multiple touch points to get the system to go where you want it to go. Your body's the same way. so what's what's bothering you? What do you want to work on? well, I, I think from
1: your readings, and I, I've read, your books, and it's helped me to realize that there was a problem. I didn't even have an awareness that there was a problem. I just thought I was aging, and I just thought, um, "Oh, I'll deal with it." But in reading your books, then there's an idea that there's an awareness, and then uh, then it goes to the next step of like, "Well, is this stuff real or is it not?" And I think of the book Dune where they say, one of the main characters, <laughs> doubt is the mind killer. and it's I
0: Fear is mind killer. Fear.
1: Okay, fear <laughs> is the mind killer. Well, fear and doubt are kind of similar and parallel. They are indeed. And yeah. you're always going to look for reasons not to do something. So yeah, it is predicated in fear. I call it doubt. But um, with your journey through many of the paths, it's helped me to get more of a data-driven approach so that I'm operating with something. And then that's a base of comparison to, well, I measured here and then I measured there, so there is a difference, and now I can see that there's steps to go with it. So part of my coming to you is the journey of all of the different data that I've got and the steps that I've gotten, which like uh, with this thing, I see that my REM and my deep sleep have approved since September, since I ended up getting some of the products at the biohacking conference uh, supremely. Like my REM has gone up to an hour and a half from like 30 minutes. My deep sleep's increased over an hour from 15 minutes. My ability to uh, uh, increase my sleep efficiency has gone up. My uh, total time in bed. So I'm seeing things that are improvements and it's feeling that I am able to take control of my life better. And I thank you for bringing that to me to know that that can be an option.
0: When you reached out, you said, you know, hey, Dave, uh, I'm, you know, raising my hand to volunteer and see if uh, if I can get in on one of these interventions. There's a lot of people want to do them from the collective, but there's only a limited number uh, of shows like this. You said, look, um, I want to lose weight because it's creeping up and you want to keep quality of life in the hustle is, is what you said. And the reason I wanted to talk with you is that, Sean, you've already done a lot of biohacking. You're a member of the Upgrade Collective. You've been to the conference, and you've actually got uh, an uler from Chili Sleep to cool your bed. You've got the happy. Uh, you've gone through and done some dental work. You've, you have actually bought a hyperbaric chamber and sauna space at the conference. got a farm for red sauna. You even did 40 years of Zen. So, Okay, you're a guy who's already a relatively accomplished biohacker. Everyone listening is going, God, I want to be Sean. But you're also sitting here going, God damn it, I do twice a week exercise, uh, and I'm still getting weight coming on. What is going on with me? Is it, is it the weight, or is it quality of life that's your most important goal? Well,
1: I'll tell you, whenever we go on vacation, two things happen. One, my businesses make more money. And two, I lose weight. So I don't know if I'm a part of the problem or if I'm a part of the solution. Well, I'll tell you, whenever we go on vacation, two things happen. One, my businesses make more money. And two, I lose weight. So I don't know if I'm a part of the problem or if I'm a part of the solution. Uh, to 40 years' end, I, I want to hype it up. It was an amazing experience. Uh, a great group of people. Very serene there. Uh, thanks for making that. That's uh, uh, being able to exercise gratitude and find my uh, my floating Yoda to help me to visualize things. Being in your pods, uh, it you, you you make amazing <laughs> things happen. So thank you. <laughs>
0: It's hard to put words to it. You're welcome. We'll yeah. say it, it's a it's a meaningful upgrade, yes. and it has been for a lot of people. So thank thank you for the trust and deciding mm-hmm. to do it. It's it's pretty out there. Say so I'm going to spend five days. I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but I know my brain's going to be better. So, awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I'm doing so what, three what, days what a week,
1: and I I did what? a Nutrisense c- continuous glucose monitor, and I would uh, uh re- with, with 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 the recent uh regulations. Um, people couldn't be in the pool. And if they were in the pool, they couldn't be in close contact. So our team would be swimming and I would be doing more swim sets than I had ever done before, except for maybe when I was in high school or college, but not in the past 15 years. And I just was working harder. And then I was also fasting to try and get the weight down. And when I put in a, a, a CGM, uh, they saw that there was a cortisol spike. My blood sugar spiked after the swimming because my heart rate was going between 150 and 180. I'm trying to keep up with 20 and 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds because I, I think I'm a pretty good water polo player. I just got All-American, so woohoo! hoo But uh, to that point, uh, they're telling me, hey, you need to eat. You need to eat more protein. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm like, well, I'm trying everything, and it's just – Gaining weight, and I don't know whether it's it. lower testosterone, working out harder. Uh, my naturopathic doctor, great Alice, she's like, eat more red meat. So I have Butcher Box coming in with the grass fed meat. Uh, having West. a background of going to Brazil, I highly recommend you guys use the, the Top Shoreline In Cut. It's like picanha, which my kids love picanha. We put it in the air fryer, it tastes delicious, it's got a little bit more fat. And it, it it's not common here. So the fact that Butcher Box has it, uh, we're in love. We're doing the salmon with the okay.
0: wild salmon, the omega threes. So you're you're doing well. And one thing I want to explain for people: if you do farm forward sauna or regular sauna, you do cold exposure or intense exercise, it is normal and healthy for your blood sugar to go up. It, this is this is supposed to happen. And sometimes people are like, blood sugar bad. You know, keto all time. Uh I will call this, you know, the keto bros and people have fallen into the keto trap, uh, which is not gonna end well, same as the carnivore trap. Like, <laughs> the way you get out of the carnivore trap is oh uh, carnivore plus um um non-inflammatory vegetables and and plus a source of carbohydrate. You, you're like, yeah, there's a name for that diet. <laughs> um but um maybe yeah. Uh, maybe what's, what's going on there is you just don't have to worry. When you exercise, it, cortisol is going to go up during any intense exercise or intense heat like that. And it does that in part to liberate blood glucose. So you can have some available unless you had something before, uh, before you ate, which might elevate your blood glucose and keep your cortisol down, which isn't something you necessarily need or want to do. You'll find better results if you eat right after you exercise or potentially because there's a time between when you eat a food versus a liquid sugar of some sort. Uh, and when it, when it hits your stomach and when it hits your system. So if you're going to do a 20 minute workout, you could you know have something right before the workout because you know, it's going to come online as soon as you're done, but deals after the signal of the workout gets through, um, then you want to be able to have nutrient availability, which is number one, energy uh, number two uh, protein and number three carbs unless you're in a full on keto mode carbs raise mTOR much more than protein does and mTOR stimulates muscle growth so you don't have to worry if you go up if you go up to you know 300 blood sugar after workout you got issues but if it's going up to 150 170 yeah yeah so you probably have a little bit of insulin resistance and because we know you have a fatty liver i don't um, i don't she had me do an ultrasound
1: i never did so the ultrasound says i don't have a fatty liver uh on my uh my what, AC1 or the blood glucose? I'm at a five five
0: 5.6. It says on 5.721 you had mild hepatic steatosis. Oh, well, then liver. maybe I
1: misunderstood it because my naturopathic doctor was like, oh, you got a bad fatty liver? Oh, no, never mind. But maybe mild still means that it's there?
0: Uh, I don't know. Do you want to be just a little bit diabetic? No okay (laughs) (laughs) sorry man all right pre-diabetic is still diabetic that's just how it is right right Uh, any other signs of insulin resistance hba1c did you have that somewhere in here
1: that i don't know Mm,
0: let's go but i I, I do know off
1: of the thing that measures the gut bacteria with the 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 smart crew that spoke i didn't want to say but yeah um yeah they're saying my cellular efficiency is like a 13 or a 17. If you want to look at that, that stuff, that stuff scares me. And seeing that I aged biologically, where they say I'm 48, and I took it when I was 43. I don't know if I caught something twice that maybe is making that happen. So it's like, all right, I want to live longer, I want to enjoy my family more. And now that Products telling me I got older and my cellular efficiency is bad and my mitochondria is
0: bad. Okay, so you got work to do. Uh, Congrats on figuring that out. Um, And I'm looking here. It also says in your labs that your uh, glucose is at 116 in your comprehensive metabolic panel, and the range is from 70 to 100. And so that's – I'm guessing this was fasting. I don't really – uh, I mean, I, I look would, at all stuff. It was of stuff. fasting, yeah.
1: Okay, so basically... But what date was that? Was that the older one from August, or is that the newer one from
0: November? 726. Oh, uh, no, no. I no, previous... Sorry, that was 726. That was the old, and this is the newer one after that. So, so it says the previous was 101. So it actually went up a little bit between um, August and whenever this one was drawn. Interesting. Um, I'm looking at... See, yeah, that, that was the, the other results here. Your progesterone is a little high, strangely. Um, you some of your well, testosterone. Well, no, to
1: that, my naturopathic doctor, I was having sleep problems, I was recommended to have progesterone, and then I oh,
0: you're taking it okay,
1: right to help me to sleep. But the hyperbaric, having the deep sleep increased from 15 to 20 minutes to go to an hour and uh 15, and the REM. Uh, and then tracking Life's it changing, huh? tracking it with the oral ring and putting in 70 second session. Sean 60 minutes, my son Ben, 60 minutes. 34th session and being able to account for that stuff goes back to the data-driven approach that you, you espouse. And, and it's awesome. I love the technology and my friends make fun of me because I have like an Apollo Nero on me and I have the, the Oura Ring and I have the Apple Watch. I'm a little bit upset that I can't use the information from here. Like they made it into a moat and I can't like share that with people unless you've figured out a way.
0: You can get the sleep data from your watch. Sleep Space, one of the companies I'm an investor in, has the best sleep detection algorithm out there. They'll take data from your Oura Ring or from an Apple Watch and run it through a provably stronger algorithm uh, for sleep detection. So there is a way to unlock it that way, and it's sleepspace.com, I think. I I, I did
1: download it and tried to put it next to my my bed, but I I just – didn't know how to make it work, but I'll go back and watch some more videos and spend more time since it aggregates the data. That's to me,
0: that's important. So cool. It is. It just runs it through a better uh, algorithm here. Now let's get down to it. You're doing a lot of stuff more than most people and you're losing insulin sensitivity over time, according to this, and you're gaining weight. How's your cognitive function? How's your energy level?
1: I'm going to say that my cognitive function has become clearer, uh, maybe with all the stuff that's going on. Uh, The sleep is a lot better. And uh, I I have the eye mask. I bought that Pillow was—it seemed expensive at the time, but it's one of my favorite things. I have a tooth guard so that I don't grind because you, and my dentist uh, recommended wow. that.
0: I, <laughs> You're doing it right.
1: I read the book by James Nestor and uh, all of the benefits for nose breathing, so I taped my mouth. And Deborah was a big proponent of taping the mouth, so uh, I listened to her. So, the, and then my sleep scores when I wasn't doing water polo, uh, I, I used to be 50 to 60 as a sleep score. I was getting my, my, my readiness hitting 90 and I'd never gone above like a 60. And then I was getting, uh, my deeps or my sleep score into the eighties. And I was usually in the 50 or sixties. So that's locked down. And thank you for helping me to do that. I, I just don't know whether it's the water polo late at night from seven to 9. p.m. um, and I, I, there was a period when I had that second inf- infection or that second whatever for a month where I wasn't going. And even though I got it, my steep scores were awesome, but I wasn't doing water polo. So I almost wonder if it's the two hours of intense exercise that's messing with my weight, but my mind's there.
0: How often are you doing that kind of exercise?
1: Uh, three to four days a week.
0: Yeah, you're over training for a 44-year-old. If you're doing two hours of intense exercise in cold water only three or four times a week, um, that's going to explain a lot because one of the other things that's popping out in your labs is there's three major, major markers that I want people to know about. It's like, look, is the Bulletproof Diet doing what it's supposed to do? Is all this biohacking moving you in the right direction? There's hundreds of markers you could look at, but there is the inflammation markers. And people say, oh, but I ate some butter, which is our ancestral diet and is not correlated with heart disease. Uh, But okay, I ate some butter and now I'm worried. Okay, maybe your cholesterol went up, maybe it didn't. It can do all sorts of different stuff. Uh, What I expect to see is a drop in triglycerides, which is beneficial, an increase in HDL, which is beneficial, and LDL can do whatever it wants to do with cholesterol. It can go up, it can go down, it usually goes up for the first two years as you're cleaning out your fatty liver, and then it tends to taper off and just become normal again. So where I am today, I'm around 220 uh, is my total cholesterol, and my HDL is usually somewhere like 60s, 70s, it varies all the place, sometimes it's been as high as 86. Um, and my LDL is whatever's left after that. But my triglycerides are low, usually like 37, 40. Um, so that's a highly protected pattern. It's just not a typical pattern. And I don't know if you want a typical pattern, because that's from people who eat seed oil and and stuff, like to the point there isn't a control group anymore, unless you go to people on the Bulletproof Diet or maybe some of the the carnivore community. And, and even a lot of the paleo people now, it's like almond flour and everything. There's your omega six.
1: Well, we are so, using the grass-fed ghee and we like the flavor way more. It's more of a concentrated uh, flavor. I don't-
0: so what's jumping out for for you though is that your C-reactive protein, and this is a number that ranges between one and three milligrams per liter. Um, yours is at 2.6. So it's in the yellow zone. You want it to be below one. What that tells me What's going to raise your C reactive protein? Chronic infection, but you've already had your teeth done, which is the most common source of that. You know, do you have any like uh, joint implants, you know, fake knees, any of that kind of stuff? Okay. Um, Fake breasts? My
1: father had multiple sclerosis, and I did see that I had increased monocytes. And I wonder if that may be a precursor.
0: That's one of the things
1: that brought me to be concerned
0: because he. Increased amount of sites, it's probably outside of my domain of expertise uh, to talk about specifically with MS. I've mean, i I've written some stuff about MS in the books about cognitive function and neuro decline, and um, it's amazing how fixing MS, if you look at – uh, I watched uh, Terry, Terry. Walls. Yeah, the yeah. Walls Protocol is amazing. Yeah, she, and if you look, if you look at the bulletproof diet and the Walls Protocol, they're like ninety percent in agreement. She just thinks lectins are okay. I think they cause neuroinflammation for most people, so you should be careful. Shilly to bell pepper, I won't. But otherwise, you know, when we sit down and have a meal together, our plates look really darn similar, right? <laughs> so I think her protocol is very solid. But what you have is a C-reactive protein that's high, and An injury, heavy exercise, (laughs) or a chronic infection is what raises that. Your C-reactive protein is likely chronically elevated because you're exercising a lot. On that kind of regimen, which is basically like pro-athlete level, two hours of training, four days a week for a 44-year-old who's also running a company and is a dad.
1: And a husband.
0: Okay. So yeah. there you go. That's what's going on here um, is you're probably putting a heavier load of physical stress on your body than, than you want. Now you really like this. I'm not telling you that you need to stop exercising. I'm just saying that you're going to need to pay a lot of attention to what you do after you, eat, after you exercise. And for two hours of workout, you probably want to eat before that. You're way exceeding the recommended length of it. If you do that much exercise without protein within about 30 minutes of exercise, you do get a two-day cortisol spike. This is why I tell people eat after you exercise. Fast, exercise, eat is the general uh, protocol I've I've used for years and years. So I think you actually do want to say, all right, I'm going to have some highly available protein. I'm working on a new uh, derivative of collagen different than anything I've ever done before uh, that I'm going to have out for you soon. Uh, but in the meantime, any kind of protein before you exercise for two hours is not a bad thing. And I don't have a problem with you even having some starch, but I don't think you want straight sugar because you're working on insulin. So there is something called super starch that's out there um, that's designed for endurance. And look, a two hour cold water, intense exercise with breath holding, which is water polo essentially. Um, I think that that would, that would qualify. And this doesn't raise your blood sugar meaningfully, but it does increase glycogen in the body.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it is about 1,000 to 1,500 calories, uh, yeah. what the Apple
0: Watch says. You're, you're putting a big load metabolically every day. You're not getting enough recovery is what's going on. If there's an upgrade labs near you, <laughs> <laughs> I know a few recovery technologies there. Um, you can use the sauna, but saunas actually... I, it's, it's almost more of a stimulation technology. Both cold and hot and exercise will increase um, HIF-1-alpha, uh, which is something that happens when you exercise. There's cold shock proteins and heat shock proteins. So um, just those are both healing, but also stimulation at the same time. So it's about not overdoing those as well. Um, I've been recommending people do, you know, like a cold shower for a minute or two um, most mornings, or you know, some cryotherapy, but you don't need to do the marathon freezing your ass off for 20 minutes the way I used to when I started doing cold therapy a, a long time ago. I mean, I, I have digital chillers and I mean, I was all into this driving in, in the winter with a T in a t-shirt with the windows down and just freezing your ass off all the time. And it turns out that's not good for you. And, uh, uh, Susan Soderbergh, just came out with a really good data that's saying, you know, you need like three very short sessions of cold therapy a week, followed by, I think it's an hour of heat, or not followed by, but an hour of heat in total throughout a week. So what this comes down to is you're getting tons more cold therapy in the water. I'm assuming it's not highly chilled, but you're not playing in a heated pool, right?
1: It's 70s, 70s. Okay. It's not it's too bad. Two, it's still a little nippy. Hours,
0: yeah, two hours in 70 degree water is cold therapy, right? It's a question of area under the curve when your body's working to make heat. So congratulations on being well enough to do that. You Most people listening would have their asses handed to them if they did what you do, but you're handing it to yourself with this kind of training, without excessive recovery, which means sleeping, going to bed early, the days you do that, it means protein before and probably supercharged before and after eating a full on meal to reduce the stress, reduce the cortisol, drive down that C reactive protein. I think that's going to help you a lot. So let's talk about some other stuff. So that that's an inflammation marker. What I love seeing, you also got a measure of oxidized uh, APOB, essentially oxidized. LDL cholesterol type of, of measurement. And what this means is that you don't have oxidized cholesterol and people say, oh, cholesterol bad. Well, is it oxidized or not? Oxidized cholesterol goes through and creates inflammation. Unoxidized cholesterol goes through and actually can remove toxins and transport energy around the body. It's not necessarily a bad thing. What I didn't like seeing though, was your triglycerides are 144 and the, the kind of upper limit that gets you into the, the medium risk is 150. I'd like to see your triglycerides more in like 70s or 80s. Do you drink? Uh,
1: my naturopathic doctor told me to stay away from beers. So if I do drink, I do a shot of tequila maybe two or three times a week if, oh, I'm, if
0: I'm with guys to do something. But yeah. So here's, here's the, the sad thing. One shot of tequila three times a week is a likely contributor to your mild fatty liver. In fact, it's the most likely one. It also, that frequency, which sounds like it's not that big of a deal, you already know what it does to your sleep, right? What does alcohol do to your sleep?
1: Strangely, before the aura Ring, when I would drink more, I'd have better deep sleep. But now that I'm doing everything else and the hyperbaric and the infrared sauna, yeah, it's, it's messing up my
0: sleep clearly. So there there are people who will say, oh, but alcohol makes me sleep better. Yes, um, it can do that if you have a bunch of other stuff wrong, mostly because it's helping you with stress because it's activating GABA receptors in the brain. GABA is an inhibitory neurotransmitter. However, if you monitor your sleep there is zero doubt that for everyone, <laughs> um, alcohol is a net yeah. negative for sleep. And there's even more evidence, mostly from uh, my, my dear friend, Daniel Amon from the Amen Clinics, who, um, whose technology actually helped me understand I had a hardware problem, not a moral failing, uh, in my mid-20s when I, or my, I was maybe 30. I'm like, why am I failing out of Wharton? I'm like Because my brain is broken, not because I'm a bad person.
1: Would you recommend and, uh, getting the SPECT scan for myself it, or my children?
0: I would totally do it for all of you and see what's going on metabolically in there. I mean, there is a contrast dye um, called gadolidium. Uh, I believe that's still used in those that can have some risks. I, I don't like doing lots of those, but especially for you, you'll see what that alcohol is doing for you. And, and if you look at um, his social media or his posts or any of his books, it's very straightforward. Here's you know, one or two social drinks a week and this brain has holes in it and this other brain doesn't. So alcohol, look, drink alcohol that's older than you and just do it once a month. But you can't do it three times a week. If you want to get rid of your fatty liver, you want to drop your C-reactive protein. You want to get your triglycerides down. Tell me about your favorite carbs. What are your favorite carbs?
1: The worst ones, of course. A good pizza, a pasta. Uh, we, we were doing sourdough, thinking that that helped, but the CGM realized that that was messing things up. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm not a potato guy, or uh,
0: what about sugar? Sweet stuff.
1: I don't, I don't have a sugar habit, no.
0: So no agave, no corn syrup, no regular sugar.
1: Well, I mean, it's hard. I, probably, yes. I'm not actively adding it in. But if I'm eating or I'm eating out or I'm eating on the run, how, how, do you, how do we eat right at work or with our staff or when we're not at home where we can't cook? Like we're looking at potentially putting a kitchen in and trying to figure out how to eat better, but it's, it's been rough.
0: Um, well, uh, what I do quite often is I'll put scoops of stuff in my coffee (laughs) or I'll bring food from home. Uh, or if that doesn't work, you go to a restaurant and say, give me the steamed veggies. What do you got? And some, maybe some white rice if you're not doing uh, a lower carb thing. And then if they have good butter, you can put some butter in there. Otherwise I'm not above bringing butter with me. I'll put butter in MCT. I've I've traveled through China with a stick of butter. (laughs) I'm sorry. MSG was disabling to me. And there, I, I was actually very sad to see my friends at, at Whole Thirty wrote a, a big post about how MSG is now allowed on the diet, and somehow they were trying to correlate it to racism. Um, MSG is used far more in processed food and Western cooking than it is in Asian cooking, and and saying that it's racist is um, just not accurate. It it's either it does something in your brain or it doesn't, regardless of um, which. Um, which cultures, um, use at it in, uh, I would say it, it was originally from, uh, Japan, uh, actually, even though it's used commonly in Chinese food. So <laughs> I'm not sure how they were able to make it a, a woke issue when it's a brain metabolism issue, but MSG would be uh, something that also destabilizes your blood sugar. Uh, and it causes intense cravings and it's been known for a long time. So for me, I'm like, I'm going to go to China and, and I've traveled through China and it's like, well, I really want to eat this amazing food and at, at certain places I can, but many places you go and, and you know, I'm the dumb Westerner and I'm not going to tell them what to do. Uh, I'm at a business meeting and I'm going to be disabled if I eat the food. So what I do, I'm like, put a little butter on some white rice and, and then, you know, <laughs> no one really look, pays attention very much and, and it's all good, but you do your best to fit in. So veggies and rice or potato, if you tolerate potato and you want some carbs, and since you're not gluten free, I'll have some pasta if you want.
1: Why, what? No, I'm I, i sh- my, I'm supposed
0: mm. to be gluten free. White rice or brown rice? Um, white rice. Brown rice is complete crap. Like, no rice eating country intentionally eats brown rice unless you're too poor to afford white rice. This is going throughout history. And there's a few of them where, oh, I heard sometime in the 1970s from a long dead um, health influencer in America that brown rice had fiber like, oh, it had 80 times more arsenic and it causes bloating and it's rough on the gut, And it turns out that's why we polish rice. And only the people who couldn't afford to polish rice would eat the brown rice because it's better than starving to death. And basmati
1: rice, is that okay too
0: or no? Basmati is actually lower glycemic than like a sushi rice. But anything that's a white rice is going to be better. But look, rice is not a source of nutrients, brown or white. Right. (laughs) Rice is a source of starch. It's a source of energy. You get your nutrients from animals primarily and seafood and a few veggies, but not as many veggies as we think. Getting there
1: near the end. uh, Yeah. One? thing that really is stressing me out is the Viome results. And I'm at the bottom of the, the spectrum on numerous fields. And I don't really know why, like my cellular health or functions like 17. And I'm like, whoa, that's a big dip.
0: Well, Has it changed over time? <laughs> it
1: did. It got worse. And uh, I'm in the supplements with them. I'm taking the four pills and the prebiotics, and I'm hopeful that that does something.
0: Their prebiotics are pretty strong. The custom prebiotics, I really like them. Are you, uh, okay, let's just be straightforward. You did get sick with a popular disease that has metabolic considerations, and you exercise really hard. So sometimes you need to recover. It can take months to recover your energy all the way. So you could just be looking at, you know, the body's in recovery. Right, and if it's in recovery and you're smacking over the head with you know cold and you know eight hours a week of heavy <laughs> exercise, even though you love it, it might just say like I don't have the leftover resources to put into full on systems recovery. You can also be looking at some some membrane things. I'd refer you to the podcast I did um, with uh, my friends from Quicksilver Scientific. Um, you'll you'll find there's some really good stuff we talk about there around cell membranes and fats and things like phosphatidylcholine it could be really really helpful for you. They've got a, a cool formula that does that. Uh, and I'm also looking at something else interesting in your numbers uh, that you've shared. It's that your TSH is 1.8, and this is your your body's basically crying out. For thyroid hormone.
1: Well, I think and that was the older one. It's it's, it's it? gone down. This is the one from August, but the most recent, it's gone down. So I I think I got that sent over to you, but
0: All right. I'm just yeah. looking at let me let me go down a bit more here. Um there we go. There's your testosterone. Your testosterone's in the shit too. Um yes. get that fixed. Um it, it did thyroid. come up
1: recently, but it's still very low.
0: Okay, so this is a common pattern for people who listen to these before. How many times have you heard me say uh, thyroid testosterone, thyroid testosterone? It's almost like I could do a whole episode with all I just do is say thyroid testosterone, thyroid testosterone, right? Um, And that's because thyroid is the energy hormone that gives you energy, energy to recover, energy to heal, energy to think, energy to to focus and pay attention and stay on track, like you would in an ADD scenario. Um, And then testosterone is something that gives you desire to do stuff. I, I don't mean bedroom stuff, even just like to do stuff in general. It also, both of them are correlated with weight loss and energy and cognitive <laughs> function. So you're sitting here going, your, your body's, uh, and I'm looking at the date on this. This is a December date. Um, it says your TSH is 1.8 and your prior one before that was almost three. Guys, the anti-aging number for TSH is one. According to the people I like, some people say 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.2, 1. 1.3. All I do is I'm like, do you have symptoms of this, right? And if your TSH is above one, it's worth paying attention to. And then you look at free T3 and T4. And again, I'm repeating myself for long-time listeners, but TSH is the call for action. The body responds with T4. And if it does a good job of that, then if the body can convert T4 to T3 properly, it'll do that. And T3 is what gives you energy. But unfortunately, some bodies suck at converting T4, and then they make something else called reverse T3. So your body's calling for thyroid more than it should be, and your levels of T3 and T4 are not at the upper end of the reference range, although they're in the upper half of it. They're not at the very high end of it. I would want to bump up your thyroid meds a little bit more if your doctor is, is in agreement with that, just to get your levels down a little bit and see if you like how you feel. And I don't if you have like any thyroid feel,
1: meds. Should I get thyroid meds?
0: Hell yeah. Um, should a, I be getting
1: of- testosterone therapy?
0: Oh, testosterone for you is even more likely than thyroid. Again, you got to run this past a functional medicine doctor, right? And I'm just looking at numbers. I've seen lots and lots of labs. I cannot do not prescribe anything like that, but I can tell you if these are my numbers. This is what I'd be doing. So your thyroid, your free T3 and T4 are relatively good, but I would say you saw some symptoms of this. I'd want to see you bump it up a little bit and get your TSH down to the anti-aging level of around one, 1.1. And so it's still too high. Um, Whatever you did between August and now, though, you've cut your TSH in half, so your metabolism is improving. Like, your thermostat got turned up, so it's good. Iodine, I don't know what you did, but something worked.
1: Hyperbaric, sauna space,
0: of trying to sleep more. Okay, so there you go. Just with biohacking without even um, thyroid hormone, you, you basically cut your TSH in half, which is remarkable. Uh, you can do a lot with hyperbaric. And I ca- um, I caught that thing
1: twice in that span of time. Oh, so not only has it go. gone up and improved, but overcome it
0: twice. That's ridiculously awesome, actually. So there you go. Um, you're handling it well, and guys. Well, thank you to you. You, you got it. And the the OxyHealth uh, hyperbaric. Uh, it's the one that I used when I was recovering from the surgery I had recently on my foot. Uh, and that's my 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 go to brands one I've had for like eight, nine years uh, and, and they make some really good stuff. And that's the same one you're using. And it's very so-
1: cool seeing LeBron James and Marky Mark having it in their home. They're doing the right thing. So I figured we
0: can't go wrong there. I want to see LeBron James and Marky Mark in the same one, kind of like, <laughs> you know, like over into the space just to see. What, okay, not really. I don't want to see that, but it would be funny. I, I have jumped in mine with Lana. It's got to be people like each other.
1: I actually put me with my two children and yeah. tried to do base links so that we could be doing Spanish instruction on an iPad to be doing the cerebral perfusion and it's stimulating the neurogenesis and angiogenesis at the same time.
0: So, so my kids and I have been watching Mandalorian. Can your kids like wave their hand like baby Yoda and make <laughs> things levitate yet? I'm just wondering. Not, Not yet. yet. Give them time. All right. Sure. You got one more number we need to talk about um, on, on this call. And it's your Testosterone. Okay, the range on the labs you get runs from 200 up to 1,437. So it's a very broad range. That's because they're saying, oh, old guys have low testosterone, but that's normal. So you and, don't need to
1: a- And gynecomastia now too because of low testosterone uh, or the other stuff. The high and the low
0: – but yeah. You've got your man boobs going on, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's okay. I've had them since I was a teenager, and we'll talk about why that happens, what you can do about it as well. And mine generally are gone. But if I do something that causes inflammation, usually exposure to mold um, or eating something with lots of histamine in it, the next morning I'm like, dude, I think I need a bro because uh, you know I, I've got my my inflammation back. Like, why couldn't it get inflammation somewhere else, like on my bicep? Jesus
1: Christ! Well, I don't I don't take it personally. If the Rock had it and figured out how to persevere, he's cool. So. All right.
0: I, I'm not going to say which one, but one of the most prolific male actors in Hollywood, one of the most respected bodies. I, I had a chance to spend some quality time with him, and we talked about all this stuff. And he's finally Like I had to have the surgery, man. <laughs> he's like, I'm just getting my glands removed. I, I can't, I can't keep doing this. Um, a guy I really respect a lot. Uh, and uh, um, what you'll, what you'll find is, is a lot of the Hollywood bodies have been surgically modified because we do get inflammation around there, especially as you age. And the reason that happens is that the testosterone you do have is converting into estrogen, right? And then that's what gives you uh, the man boobs. In your case, uh, you don't really have um, a ton of estrogen numbers here. You just have estradiol, not estrone. And your estradiol is um, right in the middle of the reference range, so it doesn't seem like it's it's a major thing. What is standing out to me, though, is that your... Free testosterone is six point four, and it could go up all the way to thirty seven. And your total testosterone is two hundred and eighty, and it could be as high as fourteen hundred. Now, a guy who's in his mid forties, who is athletic like you, I would want to see you right around the sweet spot of eight hundred. That's where I target myself between eight hundred and a thousand. Now, your you're basically 5X, or no, 3X, 3.5X below that. And if you go to your labs before your most recent ones, you were at 194, you're now at 281. So good news, you went up about 40, no, was that 20%? Uh 20, uh, no, uh, you went up about 40% um, on your numbers from your last lab. So this one, be, be a hyperbaric and sleep, but you're still woefully inadequate. If you were to go on testosterone therapy, and the normal ways are, cream. You have young kids, don't use cream or topical. It's just not worth it. You get it on your sheets, you get it on the kids and weird stuff happens. So your options are pellet or injection or maybe a patch if you want to do a patch, but um, probably intramuscular or subcutaneous injection a couple times a week would be your optimal way to do it. Uh, Working with the doctor is a way to do it.
1: And that's forever?
0: Um, only as long as you'd like to have uh, desire for life, uh, sexual function, good muscle mass, less fat in your liver, uh, and you want to live a long time. But if you'd like to lose your zest for life and start a slow decline, you could go <laughs> up at any time.
1: So the pill, if I was going to take the pill, because I mean going somewhere and getting the pill, a shot. You mean,
0: the, you mean the pellet. not the it's, it's, You can't swallow testosterone. It's oh, rare. what's it's a pellet? the pellet? The pellet, it's like something the size of a BB or a grain of rice, and they make a a one-stitch incision at the top of your butt, and they stick it under the skin, and for about four months, you've got a constant supply of testosterone.
1: As um, opposed so you, to going somewhere three days a week and getting yeah, just, a prick somewhere. That seems kind yeah, of... Yeah, you, you
0: don't have to go somewhere. They give you a vial and these tiny little needles and you just pull it in the needle and stick it in your, in your thigh or your butt or something. It's not that hard to do.
1: When I did Viome and they wanted to do the epigenetic, for I couldn't even do that. So I'll, thank you. I'll, I'll look into the pellet and have a little a thing in my yeah, butt.
0: The, the pellet works. Um, there's some people like even the idea of, of you know getting a pellet is just too uh, repellent. So I did that, uh, but what um, what I would do it, the first time I wanted to do an injection was for B twelve years ago, uh, and I ordered some some of these things. I had no idea, I had no training how to inject myself, and this was the early days of biohacking, just like setting free our ability to control our biology. So I sat there, broke up with a little little ampule, didn't know how to do it, loaded up the needles I bought from Russia or somewhere. I'm so glad it's easier these days. And I sat there, I'm like, I'm going to inject it in my thigh. And I sat there for an hour. Like I'd wipe myself alcohol and I'm like hovering over my thigh. Guy. It is the most unnatural act of my life. And it's as big as walking across coals with Tony Robbins. And I, I've been blessed to, to have spoken at his events multiple times. And I've walked across the coals. When I walk across coals, I'm like, I've already learned this fear response and how to overcome it. And you just do it. And it's it's a smooth thing. But most people, you stand there and you're like, every fiber in my meat operating system says I will die if I do this. <sighs> And then you psych yourself up and you do it. I, it took me an hour to psych myself up for my first injection. And now, like, I don't know, just stick it in there. It, you don't even feel it. You just kind of wiggle it. It goes, goes right in. Uh, and you just do it. So it's, it's a learnable skill. I promise you, if you can do w- water polo for two hours in cold water, you can stick a needle in yourself. It is so trivial. I'll, I'll probably have my wife do it. That way she can let out her,
1: uh, her, if she needs to release on me. And then I can blame her for sticking me, for me chasing her around.
0: Yeah, you can also say that you uh, you scream like a girl, uh, which will be great. And you know, and there's something else here that's a little bit controversial. I want to bring up before we uh, come to a a close on this. Your DHT, uh, dihydrotestosterone levels, are 17.7, and the very low end of the range is 15, and it goes all the way up to 100. So everyone says DHT bad because DHT it, high levels of DHT, especially in the scalp, equals losing your hair. But having adequate DHT is part of muscle mass. My guess is you're a little bit low on that because you're low on testosterone. I'm quite low, actually. So if you talk with your functional medicine doctor, say, well, you know, bumping that thyroid up to get my TSH down might be a good idea. Or maybe you're on a good path. You wait another six months, do hyperbaric, maybe it'll self-correct. But your testosterone needs some serious work. You're exercising so much. I don't know anyone in their mid-40s with your exercise regimen who doesn't have low testosterone. Right. It's like, oh, you're going to run four companies. You're going to do the Kona Ironman and you're going to fly around. Uh, let me guess. You wake up and there's no kickstand in the morning. Your hair's getting thin. And, like, yeah, how did you know? Well, it's the overtraining thing. I got your the hair. hair. Doing all right.
1: With the hyperbaric, the kickstand's working better. Good.
0: One Good. last
1: question. I got the biocharger too. Oh, nice. What do you think? Like, are there some recipes? Um, I've got it in my office to be helping with my staff and with us. But people are afraid of it, and they don't know. And I, I is there any quick way to, or anything we could talk about on it, or
0: is it too late? Uh, we can just do a couple minutes on it. So, the Biocharger guys were on the show a while back. This is a device that comes from the world of Tesla and Rife. It's a bioenergetic device. It's pretty expensive, and it's one that I've had for quite a while. And it works. It works very profoundly. I used it last night. And you can dial in certain states, whether it's healing states. When I put on the mitochondrial program, I get hot. Like literally my body temperature rises from it because it's increasing mitochondrial function. That one might be helpful for you uh, because you're dealing with mitochondrial issues. Um, We didn't talk more about why your Viome test would show your mitochondria were so weak. My guess is it could be post-infectious. It also could be membrane composition or heavy metals uh, or... You mentioned you lose weight when you go on vacation. You ever had your house mold tested? Well, people who lose weight and feel better on vacation, sometimes it's stress, but quite often it's environmental. So that might be worth something. And uh, that also would explain some of the man boobs because the mold species that grow oftentimes have xenoestrogens that are a thousand times more estrogenic than what you find there. So I grow man boobs very quickly around mold. Some of it's inflammation, some of it's probably hormonal. Uh, but I don't particularly appreciate that. Um, so that might be worth it, especially if you have kids in the house. If you have even a little bit of mold, you got to track it down and get rid of it. Uh, you could try some homebiotic or something, but I'd want you to know what's in your house. Home biotic is my company I started that makes a, a bacterial spray that is naturally present in soil um, that provides opposing pressure to mold so that it actually likes to eat mold. <laughs> but um, that's that's something you can just, for me, like once a month, I walk around inoculate, just kind of mist the air, and then that stuff is floating around and on surfaces in case any mold, sort of mold wants to grow. Um, all right. I think we've got a good game plan for you. You need to eat more uh, before and probably after you exercise. Um, and you, you need said to get super starch,
1: recently. look that up.
0: Yeah, it's basically, it's called resistant starch. It's a little bit different than, um, like the, the prebiotic fibers that I've been recommending. Those are just bacterial food. Uh, the resistant starches do get metabolized, but they get metabolized very slowly. And super starch is the most common one. It's used for endurance athletes for the most part. Uh, normally I don't recommend it, but in your case, you're essentially doing high intensity, cold endurance <laughs> athletic stuff for two hours a day. Well, Sean, I I think we've got a good plan for you there. And I want to hear back in a while to get an understanding of of what happened here. But anyone listening, the idea here is, okay, you're doing something good, exercise, we're doing a lot of it, right? You got other stuff going on. And what is that effect going to have on testosterone? What is it going to have on inflammation? And it turns out maybe it was a little too much of that stuff. So if he's going to keep up the schedule, he's going to have to fuel properly and recover properly to support that. And he may say, you know, that might be too much or the timing may be wrong. But since he really loves it, it's keeping him happy. Maybe it's worth doing. You just account for it. And that's the goal of biohacking. Got it. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for being a member of the Upgrade Collective for for doing 40 Years of Zen and just showing up as a biohacker. You've already improved your numbers so dramatically. And I think you've got further room for improvement based on what we talked about here. Get on testosterone, or at least talk to a doctor about it. See what happens when you do that. You're not even going to believe how you look and how you feel uh, when you do that.
1: Thank you, Dave, for giving me an excitement of a pursuit of something that I didn't even think that I could control. So you've given me that awareness and hope. Thank you for giving me hope.
0: Uh, You're welcome. Guys, if you'd love to be a part of an intervention like this, look at joining the Upgrade Collective. It's a a powerful community. I want to see you there. Go to DaveAsprey.com and you can uh, check it out. And once you're there, you can actually apply for an intervention like this. And I choose interesting cases that I think will be educational for every listener of the show. Have a beautiful day. I'll see you on the next podcast. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey.
2: The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.